Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is show 664, and we have another in our series of the two-way heavy hitters in the New York metropolitan area. And this week's guest has been involved in the game since I've known him, about 10 years. He's going to elaborate more on that. I'm sure it's longer than that. But uh, this is a guy who put his money where his mouth is, funded his own lawsuits out there, uh, got other organizations to help his lawsuits, started his own Facebook page, which has grown. It's just under 8,000 members right now. He's also a wealth of uh, knowledge when it comes to the Second Amendment, and he can quote from Catano to Heller to McDonald to Bruin, and he's not a lawyer, but with all the legal briefs and reading and court cases he's been through, he could probably be a lawyer at this point. <laughs> so w- without without further ado, another two-way heavy hitter, none other than the host of the New Jersey Firearms Owner Syndicate page, Mr. Mark Cheeseman. Hello, Mark. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Sandy. How you doing? It's good, good to be back on. It's good to have you back on. It's been years Thank since you. you've been on. It's sure been has. years. It's been a few, yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff's happened since I've been on. How are we so, doing? So- Good. So, Mark, how long ago did you get involved in a two-way activism? Um, I was thinking about that very question today, uh, and it's kind of foggy. I'm, I'm going to say it goes back to probably at a minimum. Good. And I remember I met you. You guys came up to the range, and we had a discussion. That's got to be 12 years ago. At least, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, it's be. been a while. Oh, my God. And uh, so you're, you're authored and co-authored on many uh, lawsuits, and you've helped us as well as far as uh, stun guns and tasers and everything. So yeah. what I'd like you to do is not everybody has Facebook, and not everybody's yeah. on the New Jersey Firearms Owner Syndicate. If you do have Facebook, you should be on it, approaching 8,000 members. It's probably the, um, the most um, detailed clearinghouse of Second Amendment uh, chatter, talk, information, help uh guidance that you're going to find it's eight almost eight thousand strong of uh you know no egos and people just helping each other and mm-hmm. you know repetitious people asking the same questions repetitious mm-hmm. and people stepping in and answering it but but other than that site mark so tell us wh- how it started why did why did you get into it how it started and then we're going to build up to where we are today so how i got into uh this uh, the second amendment um organizations in New Jersey or the Second Amendment picture in New Jersey was basically I I wanted to get a carry permit Um, at the time I was living in uh, Glassboro and the neighborhood gradually declined like a lot of other neighborhoods in uh, New Jersey uh, namely South Jersey Um, and I I really had no idea that you needed a permit I I didn't know nothing about it I come from a long line of uh, firearms owners. Uh, I mean, my father taught me shoot, to shoot when I was seven years old. And uh, shooting with my dad was he would put you in the back of the truck with a box of beer, and we would go down and shoot crows <laughs> with loaded firearms. I'm not kidding you. My, my father was a rolling felony. Uh, now, this is the early 70s. <laughs> Mine, too. Yeah. The early, he didn't give a damn. Um, and we would go down, we would shoot crows, and uh, this, uh, Mr. Herb's farm uh, would actually pay my father a couple bucks. We'd go back to the house, sit down. My mom had dinner ready, and, you know, no, you're not eating. We need to clean the weapons first, and we did that. I hunted with my grandfather, my uncles, uh, so I was around firearms all my life here and there. So I really uh, I don't think any of them had a permit for anything. Uh, they never mentioned it. I'm not sure how they got their ammunition. I don't know. I never asked. But... Uh, <laughs> Coming up to around 2008, 2009, um, our, our neighborhood started to go into decline, and uh, the whole area got uh, bad uh, pretty quick, and I started to get a little sketchy. Uh, and I said, you know what, I think I need to carry a gun. So 
my wife was a little apprehensive about it, and uh, I said, look, you know, take a look around. What's going on? And she said, well, I don't know. What do you need to do to that? So I started to look into it. I contacted the police department, um, and they actually didn't, they didn't know what to do. They, they, so we did it together. We, we, I worked together with the Glassboro Police Department at the time to do the permit and go through the motions. Uh, who was it? it was Chief Sam Perillo at the time. Actually, and... he, he approved me. Wow. I got wow. to uh, Gloucester County Superior Court, um, and I was assigned to Judge Smith in, of course, criminal court. Uh, I did all the background checks, everything, and we were still filing a triplicate and notarizing every single piece of paper. And um, this was back when nobody really knew what the qualification was. So you pick up an NRA instructor and go down, shoot 50 rounds at various ranges, and he writes you a letter notarizing, you're good to go. Great. I'm like, I'm all right, cool. I'm on my way. Uh, when I The justifiable need question was, of course, still in there at the time. And I'm like, what? What, what, what does this mean? I, I really don't know. I, I didn't know what to write here. So I, I wrote, well, the neighborhood's in decline. I don't feel safe, blah, blah, blah. My uh, 90 days later, I finally got into court, um, which kind of blew my mind. And uh, the judge, of course, denied me for uh, lack of lack of need. The prosecutor in the $25 Sears suit, uh, he denied me because he said what I have was something called generalized fears. I, I know you've uh, heard that before. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm yep. like, what? what is that? Well, that's, uh, you know, I mean, neighborhoods go and decline. They, you know, they get good, they get bad. I said, yeah, but I'm talking about, you know, my daughter, my mom uh, was living with us time, my wife. I said, I got gangsters living across the street. All right, and uh, the, the, the street, one end to the other, it, it's just horrible. You know it. The police knows it. It denied. I was like, okay, fine. It was at that point I went uh, looking around on the Internet. All right, why is this? What? How does this work? Why was I denied? Um, and the first... I did an internet search, um, and the first person who pops up, and this is funny, was Albert Almedia. Yep. Pops up right away. There's this guy in a checkered shirt, and I'm like, who's this guy? I, say, I read a little bit about him. I'm like, wow, that, that, that's, he's got some serious issues. They're not giving him a permit. I didn't know him. I, I'm just reading all this on the internet. And meanwhile, my wife is on facebook i'm not i didn't want to be on it didn't want anything to do with it i couldn't i could have cared less <laughs> and my wife's over there saying hey look at what so-and-so is doing i said hey, how are you reading all this just facebook so i said all right i'll make a facebook account so i did well i wound up doing a search for some second amendment pages and at the time i think uh, well your your page was up gun for hire page was up and uh, Albert uh, Media was running his own page. I think it was called uh, New Jersey Second Amendment Rights Fighters. I think it still exists. Well, one thing led to another, and uh, I finally got involved with Albert, uh, Mike Tominelli, uh, Gun for Hire. You know, I mean, when I, I just said Gun for Hire, well, that's a cool name. How are they getting away with that? That's a really, that's a really cool name, you know, and I started looking at that. And uh, one thing led to another. So a year or two of that, looking around, gathering information. Um, the, but the one thing that really stood out to me at the time on the social media groups was there was an awful lot of infighting at that time. Oh, yeah. I at mean, that what at that time? Well, what, yeah. I mean, what we're seeing now is nothing. It's correct. To, no, correct. That time, yeah. Correct. Compared to 10 years, it was horrible. And yeah. I'm like. All right, we're all supposed to be on the same page here, and mm. clearly we're not. And there was little factions here, little factions there, and I came up with a brainstorm one night. With, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my own page, and people are going to be welcome. Everybody's welcome there. It's going to be information sharing. I'm not going to stop anybody from coming in. I want people to come in, share information on whatever. I don't care if you own a gun range or whatever you do. If you're for the Second Amendment, <coughs> you can come here, 
kind of like a safe haven, but I am going to be watching people when they sort this crazy argument and calling each other name stuff. Um, so that's basically how the syndicate page started. I just wanted to have a place where everybody could come, share information in a relatively peaceful manner. Uh, and it just kind of took off from there. You achieved it because your page is great. Listen, there's still once in a while there's backbiters or a little yeah. infighting, but that's normal. You know, that, that, is really, that is really normal. And I know people get worn down asking, answering the same question all the time, especially when yeah. a newbie steps into the page. But that's all part of the, uh, of the process because we were, like you, like you said, back in the day in its infancy, you know, I started working years ago, you know, qualifying security guards and stuff and retired cops and civilians would come in all the time. I'm going to apply for carry permit because I handle a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, good luck. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I could short-term cut them a little bit. You didn't have that shortcut. You had to do that research. So I think it's phenomenal that you – took the time out of your life to do that. So go ahead. I want you to continue. So continue we, your plight. The, I, I noticed that the syndicate page was uh, getting an awful lot of um, members. Um, and the other thing I started taking a really hard look at was, uh, and this is something else that I actually despise, but started to get into it, was politics. So I started mm. looking at the politics in New Jersey, and I'm like, okay. One of our biggest problems here is we have a majority Democrat legislature that appears to be adamantly against not only carry but all forms of the second amendment this and is true not really you know just coming in green and looking at this um from where i came from growing up and then looking at this i'm like what the hell kind of state am i living in exactly what's going on here so i started to push back a little bit against some of the politicians and then i and i noticed a lot of other people that I'm like, I have this big gang of people here who kind of all want the same thing. And why don't I try to convince them to see if they will contact the legislatures and uh, go to Trenton and testify and I don't care, write a letter, write an email, send a fax, do something besides complain about it on Facebook. Uh, and, and a lot of people have. Um, so the page kind of turned into a legislative action page at that point. That lasted a couple of years, and a lot of people said it didn't do any good. Um, I'm kind of on the fence with that. I think it might have done some good, but not enough. We could never seem to get over the hill with that. I mean, we did get people to come up and testify. Uh, on some various things going on. I mean, that the 15-round uh, mag band, there was a lot of people testified that day. I mean, I was sitting three chairs down from you, Anthony, that day, uh, and they still pass all that crap. Yep, because they hate us. Yeah, they do hate us, and they proved they hated us um, at that testimony. I mean, they're talking about a uh, shooting that occurred down in Florida, uh, but we're going to go ahead and ban 15-round mags anyway up here in New Jersey. And I'm thinking, you know what, you... This was Florida that happened. You're basing this whole uh, mag ban on something that happened in Florida. You know, never let a tragedy go to waste. Correct. It, it is exactly what they've done time after time after time. And right, in, and everybody up in the committee or whatever, the, or whatever it was, uh, you know, yep, 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 yep. We're, we're all going to vote for it. All going to vote for it. And next thing you know, our uh, we got to turn in our 15 round mags and whatever. You know, and everybody was all crazy about that, too. I'm going to bury them in the backyard. I'm going to send them. Uh, I'm going to hide them in a trash can, whatever. That was a very crazy point in time. But people still had a place to go and discuss it, uh, vent about it, um, talk about what they were going to do, what they were not going to do. Uh, and really, that's kind of the foundation of the page is for a place for people to come seek out information get information accurate information and i then, have 12 admins working for me and these people i think i think it's 12 these people do a wonderful job they do and how i pick the admins is i watch every now and then somebody stands out as giving accurate precise information and I see this person doing this time and time again. I'll message him. I'm hey, you want to be an admin? Me? Yeah. Yeah, you. 
So I, I, I have do have one complaint though. Ed T. Hammer, he tried to touch me through the internet on your page once. I, so I believe know. it. I, yeah. I believe it. Now, Ed, <laughs> some of the, some of those guys have been with me from the beginning. Uh, Gerard. Yep. Uh, R. Rose has been with me from the beginning. Ed Hildebrandt's been with me from the beginning. And um, Ed, Ed's here twice Ed a Hammer. week shooting. So yeah, he's here twice a week. Ed was like the band hammer. Like, Look, you got to take a look at this guy. He ain't right. I'm going to get rid of him. And I and I would say, yeah, he he doesn't appear to be right to me either. Go ahead, let him go. I have a very hard time banning people. Some of the other admins do it with very very easily, but I told them I want you to be cautious with that. Um, don't step on anybody's First Amendment rights. Be very careful of that because we don't want to step on people's First Amendment rights. I mean, how can we support the Second Amendment if we're not uh, supporting the First Amendment here? Correct. And they, people I come in uh, on uh, times when we are really down uh, and things aren't going right and things seem really bad. And there seems to be a lot more infighting during those times. And I think stress. that's normal. The that's stress. Normal. It is normal. It is. Now, so the, the page has grown. The admins do a great job, uh, which is great. And by the way, it's New Jersey Firearms Owners Syndicate Facebook page. So, Mark, what was your first lawsuit now? So you, you were denied your carry permit. You started the page. You tried to get into political activism. Uh, the page is running pretty good. It's growing. What was the first lawsuit that you signed your name on or you filed for? Because this is important uh, for people to hear this. When you talk about someone just having individual activism saying, I've had enough, damn it. That was you. So what happened was, what, well, the page was growing and doing good. And I really, I didn't really have that many admins back then. I was pretty much doing it myself almost night and day. And I, I was lucky enough to have a luxury at work uh, with an office where I could shut the door and kind of mess around with it too during the day. Um, and I spent an inordinate amount of time on there um, approving or not approving people and uh, answering questions, blah, blah, blah. And I had a couple other people doing it too. But... This is where I ran into uh, Jay Factor, okay? And he, he knew what I was going through from being on the syndicate page, and he contacted me uh, and said, look, what are you thinking about applying again and running a case as far as we can run it? I said, you know what? Why not? He says, I'll write everything. I'll, I'll do the briefs for you. I'll, I'll help you. I'll guide you along. Uh, I'll even pre-write an argument for you. He says, you know, you're going to get denied. I said, yeah. He says, but the point is, let's appeal it. Let's see how far we can go. And I said, all right, let's do it. So the second time I applied, I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew exactly what my intentions were. I went to the judge. You know, I did all the paperwork again all the background checks again, the fingerprints again, everything. Um, and that chief, it wasn't Fanfarillo, it was uh, Chief Brown. He denied me, and on the, on the denial letter, I'm denying you because of the security rule. <laughs> mm. Mm. So Jay said, this is gold. This is gold. I'm like, why? He's just like, and they explained this. Sicardi to me. He says, no, this is gold. Did he even just wrote this? He said, I could, the brief I can write on this is going to be outstanding. I said, all right, let's do it. So I took it to the judge and the prosecutor uh, and the chief actually didn't show up that day. Um, oh, and also, this is where I ran into John Ray, too, because John Ray was kind of, uh, he applied right around me uh, the same time I did. And my hearing got postponed a month and ironically, me and John went in at the same time on the same day with the same judge to the Man, same courthouse. Right? I remember so it was and, like it was yesterday. Oh, my God. And I remember it was really, that. Yep. it was a good experience because I got denied first. And I'm more or less, I, I, I told the judge, let's get this over with because I'm going to appeal your decision. So let's just. Go ahead and deny me. Get it. And he looked at me. I said, "Yeah, I'm going to appeal your decision." He said, "Be overbearing to do that." I said, "Yeah, all right. Well, go. Drop the hammer." And he did. Fine. Good. But 
when you're up in front of a judge and you're pleading your case, you're a little nervous. And of you're course. not really paying attention. Now, when I went and sat back down and I watched Sean Ray go up, and this is where I got to see how it really works at the time. The judge, his chief, and the prosecutor, it looked like it was pre-rehearsed. Actually, I think it, it was pre-rehearsed. Yeah, I'm sure it was. They were bouncing things off of each other. And it, the, the chief kind of agreed, and the judge looked like he was going over Bray. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, damn, he's going to get his permit. And at the last second, the prosecutor said, the person who's harassing you, is he with you all the time? And John would say, no. Well, we're going to have to deny you. And mm-hmm. um, I forget the uh, phrase he used uh, for, for the denial. But uh, anyway, we both got denied that day. Um, but you didn't stop. No. What we did after that was uh, I th- we filed pro se uh, to New, Jer- uh, New Jersey Appeals Court. We did all the paperwork ourselves. That in, it, that in its own was a nightmare. Remember double spacing, so many words per page. <laughs> I remember those days like it was yesterday, yeah, Mark. Yeah, I mean, the, the first um, appeal uh, brief, or whatever you want to call it, a petition got kicked back because it was on the wrong color paper and the font was the wrong size. Yep. What? Yep. Okay, and the court rules are they're supposed to give pro se a little bit of leniency. Not if they it's didn't. a Second Amendment case. No. <laughs> so they kicked it back. We straightened it out. We did it again. I, I, I would say I was, I was probably in New Jersey Appeals Court for probably the longest time, which was uh, about six months. And they sent a letter back, and you are assigned a caseworker who was actually a very nice woman I was talking to, uh, and she would say, you know, she didn't have much information except where my case was, and no, it hasn't moved yet, and we'll let you know, and blah, 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 okay. And in the end, I got a uh, letter, uh, pretty much just a one-paragraph letter that, um, you know, we're sorry, but you're still denied. You can appeal this to a higher court if you want. That was it. So I'm like, all right, cool. At that point in time, Jay and I talked about uh, what are we going to do for an attorney? You know, we, uh, we're at the point where we probably should get an attorney and uh, not go pro se anymore. This is where we uh, picked up David Jensen. I know that guy. So Jensen uh, took the case. Uh, and at the same time, we were also raising money with the GoFundMe thing. Um, and doing very well with it. Uh, we were raising money on a couple of the different group pages. Um, uh, you guys raised a lot of money for us. There was a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, I had an awful lot of people in my corner. Yeah, I, I want to thank everybody. I, I want to thank everybody. I don't. I haven't never had really had a chance to say thank you out loud in public. And I want to thank everybody here and tonight for their support for that. It meant a lot. It still means a lot. And I thank everybody who donated or even looked at it. Believe me, we all appreciate it. Yeah, team effort um, was a good. Was good. Was good. His legal cases do cost uh, a lot of money. Yeah, um, and a lot of people think it all goes to the attorneys. It doesn't. The the filing costs are a lot of money. Uh, there there needs to be so many copies. Um, and copies need to be made. Those copies need to be sent. All this stuff co- uh, costs a lot of money to do. Uh, the lawyer's time, uh, you know, they work by the hour. Um, Jensen worked by the hour. He wasn't cheap, but he was pretty good. He got me, in, he got us in, me into the United States Supreme Court. Yes, he did. Now, the U.S. Supreme, now, after uh, we got, well, like, we, Jensen wrote the brief, in fact, I wrote the brief together uh, to get us into New Jersey, New Jersey Supreme Court, okay. Uh, which we weren't too concerned about it. And once we got out of there, we get the same stupid denial from them. And Jensen said, no, this is good because we still have an open open argument. You still have constitutional harm. So guess what? I said, what? He says, we're just going to go right to U.S. Supreme Court. I said, really? We don't have to go to that? He says, no, let's just go right to U.S. Supreme Court. I said, all right, let's go. 
so we got our ducks in a row. Uh, we had a really good brief written. Um, we submitted it to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, do you know that when you submit something to the U.S. Supreme Court, you need to there, there needs to be ninety copies made? Oh my God! Yes, I remember that. I remember that. So, because every court clerk gets a copy, apparently the judges get a couple copies. So, the, so ninety copies, and there's I think there's only two places in the United States that actually do this work for the Supreme Court. One of them's out in Cleveland, and they're not cheap. So, we got that done. We got that taken care of. Um, and one day, uh, my name came up that uh, we were up for conference. You know, we were super excited about it. Wow, that's really great. Because, you know, we watched uh, people like Peruta go down. We're like, man, Peruta had a, Peruta had an excellent case. Mm -hmm. and, and they blew it out. You know, it was gone. Uh, and a lot of people before me had great cases. Um, and, of course, the Rogers case came along. Uh, the Gould case, I think, up in Massachusetts was there. There was one more New Jersey case, too. I Pantano? Didn't really Pantano? No, well, no. Not, uh, Pantano wasn't in there at the time I was. That's right. Okay. Um, oh, there, there was, was like one a, more Jersey case, yes. I want to say the guy's last name is Cloak or something like that. Um, I yeah, can't remember. Yeah. It was a pretty generic case, but he was there anyway. So there were three cases just out of the state of New Jersey sitting in the Supreme Court at the time. Gould up in Massachusetts was sitting there, and these were all carry cases, all basically the same complaint. Um, there was... I think eight or nine cases altogether at the time. And the U.S. Supreme Court just decided to completely wipe the slate, the slate yep. clean. Every single one of them gone within a matter of two hours. Gone. I remember that day well. We all yeah, had our all fingers like, crossed. I remember that day well. Yeah, I mean, either hear mine. If you don't want to hear mine, then hear the Rogers. If you're not going to hear the Rogers, then hear this other guy. But somebody's got to, I mean, New Jersey has three hands up here. And we're all saying the same damn thing, basically. And they just wiped it out. And so that was pretty depressing. Um, but, I, you know, I called Jay up uh, and I said, all right, well, now what? What do you want to do now? Uh, and we weren't really sure. And uh, he said, well, maybe I should run a case. Right. It wasn't long after that uh, that the Bruin case came in. Mm -hmm. And everybody was talking about this, that. This is the one to watch. This is the one to watch. This is the one. So, so we kind of backed off because we're watching how this Bruin case progressed. And, of course, um, the brewing case came out and Thomas wrote an excellent decision on it. And, uh, you know, we were all like, all right, that's it. We don't really need to do anything. But, uh, when yeah. the brewing decision came out though, I was happy, but I think some of the first things that entered my mind was how's New Jersey going to react to this? How is New Jersey going to screw us with this? These were the <laughs> things that went, went through my head immediately because I'm like, Rightly there's no so. way New Jersey's going to go for yeah, any exactly. of this. Exactly. I mean, the Bruin decision was a gift from uh, Justice Thomas and everybody else that had a hand in it. Um, and a lot of people complain about Kavanaugh uh, and what he wrote. Well, if you're complaining, I mean, yeah, Kavanaugh did, uh, could have wrote things different. But if you read everything Kavanaugh wrote, though, it really isn't that bad. Mm -hmm. The problem is, though, he gave the uh, anti-gun people just a little crack to break. And yeah. I think it wasn't long after that that we saw the carry killer bill come out. And yeah. here we are now. So let's hold at that point. I'm going to do a break, housekeeping, and we're going to continue because I want you to talk about the, the lawsuits that are occurring right now and the uh, obviously the Catano case and everything else that you've been involved in because you have lawsuits with your name on them right now that's running mm -hmm. at the same as the ANJRPC case for the assault weapons uh, uh, evil yep. feature. So we're going to get back to that in one minute. So first thing, if you live in New York, NYTACDefense.com, NYTACDefense.com, $35 a month. Mention gun for hire, one word, and you can get a legal defense fund for $30 a month. If you live in the other 49 states, check out U.S. Law Shield, uslawshield.com. Mention gun for hire, one word as well for a discount. 
John Petrolino's book, Decoding Firearms. John is going to be on the show in, uh, in I think, uh, next week after uh, Mark is going to be on the show, continuing our series of heavy hitters. And uh, then we talk about my doctor, obviously, Dr. Joseph Sampatero, Optimal Health Wellness NJ, concierge medicine for a few hundred dollars a month. No more going to the doctor's office and getting the rubella umbrella. So <laughs> check it out. Uh, Lake Island Rifle and Pistol Club in Carteret, New Jersey, is looking for junior rifle members 12 to 18 years old to learn firearm safety and to compete in small bore and air rifle competition. Visit lakeis.org. Come on, there are youth. Get those kids out there. If you're in the Monmouth County area, Aberdeen Guns and Ammo, Aberdeen Guns in Monmouth County, go tell John Zeller we said hello. Another great news source is News Number two, letter A.com, news2a.com. All of those guys from News2A are also on the New Jersey Firearm Syndicate page. We all overlap, whether it's the podcast, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram. All of us overlap because our job, including Mark's there, is to get the information out, to continue the flow of communication and information so that because we know the more people that are educated and pissed off like us, the bigger our army gets in the fight for our Second Amendment rights, which leads me into the Varsity Firearms podcast with John Valenti. Very educational. Remember, if you have a business product or service, it should be on StandStrong.biz. Put your business on StandStrong.biz. You don't have to send me an email to ask me how to do it. Go on StandStrong.biz and click where it says register your business. People are searching these businesses out because we want to keep it in the family and support those who support you. Then we have, I bought two tickets for the, um, the Women's for Gun Rights DC Project fundraiser, Sandy, April 20th. Tracy and I will be going to the mansion on Main Street. If you go to cnjfo.com and click on events, you can buy tickets as well. I bought a $500 sponsor ticket, but once I get the uh, picture of Tony Simon wearing the uh, teal shirt cut as a belly shirt, <laughs> as a midriff shirt, I will be making another $500 donation okay. to the Women uh, for Gun Rights fundraiser and then of course we have the uh, friends of the nra dinner is coming up in october 3rd john acapinti is looking for donors looking for volunteers looking for anything you want there's a full list of people he'll be on the show in a few weeks as well you can email him fod1 at optonline.net fod1 at optonline.net so getting back to it uh what uh mark was talking about before how uh yes he said we donated to his case too but we also advertised it every week on the radio show mm -hmm. to get people to donate. We even got people from ANJRPC to donate. Again, it's the, that's to mm -hmm. curb the infighting. You know, we have to we have to mm -hmm. look above this so many times. And, and, and Mark has achieved that in many ways, and I try to achieve it all the time. There's times I read something I want to punch somebody, but I, I, I ratchet it back a little bit. And I'm like, all right, big picture, big picture, big picture. And, you know, mm -hmm. th there are a few times I, I've gone off, but, but not often. So, Mark, with that, we're up to this point now, post-Bruin. Mm -hmm. The lawsuits are flying. ANGRPC has uh, three lawsuits right now. And you're involved with the lawsuit with FPC, which was kind of enjoined with our lawsuit. Tell us how you got yeah. act Tell us how you got into it and you got your name on another lawsuit. This is a guy who 10, 12 years ago didn't know shit about Carrie, and he had a case go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. If he can do it, anybody can do it. And I'm not downplaying you, Marcus, but, but unity and activism is key, right? You got a bug up yeah. your ass, and then Jay got a bug up your ass. I got a bug yeah. up my ass. And here we yeah. all are doing the same thing with the same goal. So please take it away. The uh, all right, the FPC case um, that was that, that was kind of weird. Uh, I got a, a um, an email from a gentleman by the name of Bill Sack, who was with FPC at the time. He uh, he recently went on board with the Second Amendment Foundation. I think a week or two ago. Um, whatever took place there, I don't know, but uh, I know he's doing well and uh, good luck. I wish Bill all the luck in the world. Uh, he uh, emailed me and wanted to know if I would be interested in being a plaintiff uh, in an assault weapons ban case against the state of New Jersey. And uh, I didn't hesitate. I said, yeah, sure. So put me in coach. What, what do you want to do? Good. Um, 
And, and, you know, I got to walk back a little bit because when we talk about the assault weapons ban cases, this isn't really a, 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 a ban on assault weapons. It's really a ban on additional semi-automatic firearms is all it is. Yeah, on what they deem evil features, basically. And the evil features. Yeah. Uh, and the evil features, um, this blows my mind, too. And I'll give you a, for instance, uh, my AR-15, all right? My wife can't get her armor around it, but I'm not allowed to have a retractable stock on it. I mean, come on. But you can own an AR-15 pistol, Mark. That's legal right. in New Jersey. But you can't own a full-size AR-15 rifle that has an adjustable stock. I mean, if I could knock three or four inches off that AR-15, she'd do very well with it, but I can't. Yep. And she isn't going to fire that thing from her hip or under her arm because it's dangerous to her. It's dangerous to other people. Uh, so that, yeah, uh, so I was very much for this. Uh, I, I, I want to see it through. I hope we win. I, I think we are going to win. Um, it's very frustrating, though, the amount of time it's taking. Ugh. Um, that was pretty much a no brainer. I just said, yeah, I want to be in it. Uh, they do email. I, I, well, I, for me to get any information out of them, I do have to email them every now and then and say, Hey, what's the status? Where are we at? And they usually they have a guy named Cody who gets back to me now. Uh, and he gives me a pretty in-depth updates on what's going on and where we're at and how the case is progressing and what they expect to see. Uh, the last email update I got from him, and of course this is uh, the ANJRPC case too. Yes. Because um, they're enjoying. So both cases in one, I believe the last email I got from him said that the argument should start in quarter one or quarter two. Which is right around the corner. Right around the corner. All the briefs are done. Now we have to go through the witnesses. We have three yeah. witnesses on our side, and they have ten witnesses on their side, which is all post-1791 and emotional shit that all the witnesses yeah. on their side are presenting. I read, through, I read through everything already, the witness lists and everything, Mark. So, and, and we have to go through that. I mean, uh, litigation takes a long time. Uh, I, I believe this should have been over uh, a year ago, especially the MAGBAN. Um, I'd, I'd love to have my 15 The, the MAGBAN uh, case Mag is, is from 2020, Mark. And the judge, for some reason, put the MAGBAN case yeah. from 2020 with the two evil features assault weapons cases. And he said he may split them off further on down the road. But the MAGBAN case should have been settled already. Post Bruin, it should have been. You know, you're settled. absolutely right. That should have been settled post Bruin, easy. Uh, and what I mean, that bill was heard in what, 16 or 18, 2016 or 2018 is when they passed. 2018, that bill. 18. 2018. So, yeah, I know it's been a while. But think about this, Mark. So you you got there, you got into this, and you started fighting. And there was a few states that would have a lawsuit here or there. Look how many lawsuits are going on across this country post-Bruin right now. You know this is all coming to a head. 18 to 20-year-olds being able yeah. to shoot, you know, uh, red flag laws, magazine capacity, evil features, et cetera, et cetera. It's all coming to a head. Oh, sensitive places. Let's not forget sensitive places. That's where they got us. We just had a post post offices. Uh, I forgot which circuit it was, but the, the, the judge said that uh, it's unconstitutional to ban carrying a post office. In Florida. I don't know what uh, yeah, federal it district Florida, that is. Yeah. I, I never understood post offices to begin with. I understand it's a federal building. I, I get that. But so but what, I never right? But, but uh, if you're going to, uh, would, would you rob a post office? <laughs> What's there to rob? <laughs> what do you, I mean, how badly do you need stamps? Well, seriously. What? This is my We have some of them flyers this. over there. On, the, on robbing a post office. I'm not going to go rob a post office with a handgun or anything else. There's nothing there to take. Why would I bother? I, I get stamps at the CVS for God's sake. So I, I don't get that. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that happen. Um, but the, the, the carry, now the, the carry killer bill uh, litigation that we have going on too is very interesting. The carry killer bill itself, what is it? A4769, I think. Yes. When that When that came out, I, talk, I read that probably five or six where well, you had to read it five or six times because whoever wrote that or what group of people wrote that, in my estimation, were masterminds. That bill is so intricate and covered everything. 
Um, and one of my first thoughts on it was, all right, I know this is going to be fought, but whoever is going to take up the fight against it, they, they have a, they have a big job ahead of them. They, and, and they're, I understand why there's chunks of it that have been challenged and other parts of it haven't. So a lot of people complain that, you know, uh, you're not doing enough about this part of the uh, law, but and you're only concentrating on this part of the law. Well, you, you got eight things going on here and one thing going on down there. In my estimation, in my opinion, I think it's important to knock the sensitive places out first. Mm -hmm. And this is a strategy I see taking place right now. Because that was the biggest problem with the bill, with the sensitive places, which virtually had us walking down, I think, the middle of the street, really, uh, to be in compliance with the law. Uh, you know, we, we couldn't go to a friend's house or uh, somebody else's house without uh, permission to carry. That's Posting insane. a sign. It's okay to um, carry on my property, idiots. Yeah. But done on uh, purpose. We know. We know. We know it was done for a reason. I have a couple reason. friends who actually have them on their house. I'm like, oh, whatever, man, but okay. Um, and there's a, my buddy David Padua, um, who actually came up on the show once or twice. I tease him all the time. Yes. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm on my way over. Can I bring my gun? He's like, yeah, F you. You know you can bring your gun here. Shut up. You know, Is but, David uh, still doing with... qualifications? Is David still doing qualifications? Uh, he is, but not as much. Oh, because I was going to say, he should be on StandStrong.biz uh, if he wants to. David, listen to the show and email me if you need uh, uh, some information on that. Yeah, I know that but, he is. I don't think he's doing as much as he was because he had a pretty big jam up when this first broke loose, but I think it's kind of calmed down a little bit for him um, at this well, point. Good. But that, that bill itself was so intricate um, that they had everything covered in there pretty good. Uh, and the one, the other thing that stuck out like a sore thumb in that bill was, um, and I'm, I'm not going to recite this accurately, but it was the qualification part of it where we don't really know what the hell we're going to do, but we're going to tell you in a couple months what we're going to do. Yep. Yep. And I looked at that and I'm like, eh, that's not good. Because that could be anything. And what the hell's wrong with what you have in place now? Or do you not know what you have? Or do you, can you not understand what you have in place now? Because the qualification you have in place now, I've already done three times. Yep. I, I've been administered. I was administering that qual from 1992 until uh, post-Bruin. And the state and of the police departments and the AG's office has never rejected one of my quals, and we're talking tens of thousands of qualifications over the years. And then they they deemed it wasn't good enough. They had to come up with and, a new one that we had to fight them on. And what's interesting, when you go before the judge for a carry permit, that's never even brought up. Nope. 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 I, they don't even look at it. I'm not even it. sure he looked at it. They don't look at it. The police department looks at it. The judge doesn't look at it. Police department goes, I mean, oh, yep, he has qualification. I, I scored almost a 100, and nobody <laughs> even commented on court in court about it. Oh, hey, Mark, you're a good shot. Let's give you a carry permit. Nah, it was never brought up. So, I mean, that was like a big gaping hole. Um, I mean, it didn't play out too bad. I know that we went through a rough time with the uh, uh, qualification thing that we have now. A lot of people were upset about it. Um, I think a lot yep. of people calmed down now with the uh, what, what we have now. Um, there's a, there seems to be an argument whether it's constitutional or not. I'm a, I'm a really no opinion either way on that. Uh, I'm more interested in getting rid of the sensitive places. Me too. Um, I want to go to Applebee's and carry my gun. I, I, I've said that a couple of times. We go to Applebee's on Tuesday night for dinner. I want to be able to carry my gun in Applebee's. That's it. And you're not asking much. I want to be able to go. I don't. I I drink one or two cocktails a month. I want to be able to, people to go to a restaurant where they serve alcohol and carry a gun as long as you're not drinking. Yeah. I I mean seriously, if you're drinking, and that's a game changer. Just because a diner has a liquor license, and let's say you go there at six in the morning, you get some eggs and bacon and orange juice, you're not drinking at six in the morning, but yet you can't bring your firearm in there because they have a liquor license and they have the capability of serving alcohol. That's, that's insanity. It, it's stupid. How about let's just bring New Jersey up to the same standards as the rest of the country, the, the free country, uh, where these are not issues. 
Yeah, well, that's not. It's all about yeah. just taking our rights away because they can't stomach us. You know, uh, the world is upside down, and New Jersey is one of the leaders of that, uh, where where it's just upside down. Uh, you know, I had a uh, somebody asked me, Mark. I get questions all the time. I try to address them on the show. He says, "Good morning. My name is Eric. I listen to you in the Gun Lawyer podcast every week. My question is for concealed carry permit holder." Is printing of a firearm under your shirt illegal? Eric, yes, you cannot print. Go out and buy some extra larger shirts, wear it inside yeah. the waistband holster or whatever. Printing and brandishing is a no-no. Brandishing could be like you you know, you give somebody the eye in a Wawa and they look back at you and you lift your shirt up to show them yeah. the butt of your gun. Yep. If that's caught on the Wawa surveillance cameras, you're going to prison. It's no different than taking that gun out and putting it right to their forehead. Yep. As I far as the, the eyes of the law. Fourth degree felony, I believe. Correct. It is a fourth um, degree felony. So you can't. Yeah, everything is. Either. Yeah. Everything was by design. But, you know, here's an interesting one. Uh, last week, uh, Mark, Mike Candido uh, from Jay Moore asked about if he could carry on a boat. And uh, mm. so, of course, I reached out to uh, all of our lawyers, and this is the response. A boat is not considered a motor vehicle under the two C codes in New Jersey. So you can carry on your boat within three miles of the Jersey shore. But just remember, if you drift to the Delaware shore or New York or Connecticut, you now fall under their laws. And so Delaware is no problem, but New uh, York. Uh, but, but, just, but just to be careful. So, yes, yeah. you can have oh your gun. You God. can carry your gun on your boat. Um, just not at the lake. Uh, yeah. At the, yeah. Well, yeah. But we're talking about out, out on the water, obviously. But, uh, you know, again, all of these laws and, again, making them all fourth degree felonies. It's to scare people. I still have people coming in and saying, I would love to get my carry permit, but uh, but I'm afraid. The laws keep changing, and I don't want to get in trouble. I mean, what a, what a shit society we live yeah, in. And absolutely. then, Mark, yeah. like, you know, I get so many people come in. You know, uh, my the, the police department is nasty. They made me wait. They did, they did this. Now what we're seeing is the Totowa barracks is taking their work and giving it to the applicant. So now the Totowa barracks got a form. Uh, and this was sent to us by a few listeners. It's hard for me to read, but it's SP224 slash B060, dated 124. They just created this form this year on the 24th of January. Wow. So now, Mark, if I live in Pennsylvania or New York and I'm applying or Connecticut, I'm applying for a New Jersey non-resident carry permit. Rather than the state police doing a background check on me, they're giving me this eight and a half by 11 form. I have to bring it to my police department in my town, in my state, for them to fill out and do a background check on me. Wow. And then I have huh. to submit it to the state police. Our legal eagles already reached out to the state police and the attorney general's office. So I'm hoping to have some answers on this. But I have this one guy. He's like, I live in Manhattan. No one will take the form at one police plaza. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. uh, yeah. It, wow. <laughs> What's wrong with a Nick's background check? What's right. wrong with just running somebody through NCIS? I don't understand yeah, right. this. You know, it's it, we're that lazy now. We're to that point where we're that lazy. Yes, in fact, we are. We're that lazy. And again, they're just doing it. It's just to put up more and more roadblocks. Roadblocks and, and barricades and, and delays. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm fortunate where I am now. My police department is. Uh, I, I'm going to call them pro second amendment. I guess they are, but um, they were one of the first to take the permit to carry very seriously and very professionally, and they really didn't have much guidance at the time. So my permit number, I believe, I'm number. 25 in Gloucester County. So I was one of the first in Gloucester County. And uh, my police department got everything underway and finished literally within a week of me handing in my paperwork. The holdup at the time was me getting into court. Now, Gloucester County Court at the time, Judge um, Salvino, and I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, was the only judge doing it. And his first round of applicants were, he was going to do a Zoom meeting with everybody because we were still kind of coming out of COVID. 
where everybody wasn't gathering together yet. So the Zoom meetings didn't work out too good. So what he, I heard, and what, uh, what he decided to do was have 30 people in one day a month. So I was either Damn. in the, yeah, I was in the second round. Like speed dating. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, and, and this was bizarre. I, I was in the second or third round of the uh, live go to court and sit in the courtroom, and there was like 30 or 35 of us there. Oh, and he was doing, I'm sorry, he was doing two a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So he's bringing about maybe 60 people, as many people as he could fit in there. So we go in, um, and all our paperwork has already been ran through. The police did their job, all done, handed it over to the court. The court has everything. Of course, he had, the judge had time to look everything over. Um, now, they held me up for a while. And I started getting pissed off again. So I got myself a hold of a factor letter. I asked Jay, I said, you know what? I'm getting tired of waiting. I've been waiting like five years and like uh, I've been at a Supreme Court here and now I'm still waiting again. He wrote me a letter, which I sent to Gloucester County Superior Court. And they got back to me right away. And they said, Mr. Cheeseman, pl please be patient with us. We're mm -hmm. doing the best we can under the circumstances, but we want you to know that you are approved, but it's just a formality that you have to wait to come in to see the judge. So Jay said, do you want to push it further? I said, no, they just said I'm approved. I'm, I'm not going to, this isn't, I'm not going to make a battle here. I'm, I'm not going to start any crap. I'll just sit and wait. So we all, we all go in. Um, and actually, Joe Pastilli was with me that day. Uh, he's one of my admins. And uh, we're, we're kind of like guy. nervous. We, we didn't know what the hell was going on to happen. Because we're like, are we actually on the precipice of getting this permit? Or are we all going to be denied? Oh, you're going, going to a re-education camp. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to be put on a train and taken right. somewhere from here, you know. Uh, it was It was kind of scary. Uh, but he, uh, the judge, I, I have to say, did a pretty good job under the circumstances. And if you and to look at his body language, he was very agitated and very frustrated. And he even put his hand over the mic a couple times and he said to the bailiff, there's got to be, we need to do, we need to do something else. This isn't working. So I don't, I, the Gloucester County judge wasn't on board with all this. I, I could pretty much tell you that for a fact. And he would call you, call your name. He would stand up, raise your hand. Uh, you know, uh, he'd ask you your name, he'd, uh, the make and model of the firearm you intend to carry. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Is that accurate? I'd say, yes, it's accurate. And then you would sit back down. And he would do that with 60 people. And then there was a state's attorney there, and he would say, do you have any problem with this? She would say no. Uh, then we would all sit down. When, when we were all done, the court clerk would come out with all our folders, put them on a table, call our name, and one by one we would go up. And it was he, he would sign them, hand us the permit, and that was it. It was over. So Now, I have a court-ordered permit. I still have it. Yeah. Well, it'll be expiring soon. And I'm not really too worried about it. And people said, why don't you just go get another one? I don't, you know, I mean, uh, I guess because it's my first one, it's the one I got, I just want to keep it. Um, I'm not, I carry one firearm. I trust that firearm. I have probably over 8,000, 9,000 rounds through that thing. I know it's going to fire. I don't want to switch guns every day. And I'm not knocking the guy who wants to maybe change up his firearm every day maybe he has to i don't know can i can i, can I interrupt for a second mm -hmm. so did you hear what mark just said he says he has eight or nine thousand rounds through that firearm because we talk about At it all least. the time we don't we don't want the government to mandate training right but I don't think Mark shot 9,000 rounds through his gun because he was expecting mandated training. I think, Mark, why did you practice so much on that gun? Because you wanted to be more accurate? You wanted to be confident? Well, I wanted, to be, really, yeah, to, I wanted to be accurate with it, precise with it. Um, I like going to the range. Um, I mean, not all those rounds are mine. My wife and daughter uh, have also shot the gun. But, and I want my family to be uh, well trained and accurate too with what they're doing. Uh, so yeah, per me personally, I want to be accurate and uh, precise with the weapon. It's a tool. Uh, 
I don't want to get a lawyer shot. You know what that is. That's when you miss yeah. an innocent bystander or put something through somebody's window or something like that. So, uh, yeah. Because uh, I want to challenge myself, uh, be accurate and trained. Yeah. You know, we're very we're we're a very busy range here. I'm very densely populated, and it's a big facility and everything. And you know, not a week goes by where somebody comes in to qualify and it's a new gun they haven't shot or it's a holster they haven't tried or they didn't even bring a holster or they just bought the gun that morning. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's the stuff that pisses me off, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I like to hear eight or 9,000 rounds of gun. Even if your wife and your daughter shot half of those, you still put 4,500 rounds yeah. through your gun, you know, and it's muscle memory. And, and, and it's practice, yeah. practice, practice. And, you know, we people spend so much time... Uh, researching equipment and everything, but have you practiced, you know, your drawing and reholstering? Have you practiced your stance? Have you practiced your follow through? You know, uh, have you have you gone through all of that? This is this is an important aspect of it. And and Mark, at, at this point in the show, so you you took a stand. Your name is on lawsuits. Obviously, anybody listening to the show, uh, Mark, I want you to give a shout out to FPC as well. Because they, they are doing uh, phenomenal work with lawsuits all over the country. Yeah, nationwide. They're really uh, doing a hell of a job nationwide. And uh, uh, I, I donate I donate to FPC. I support mm -hmm. FPC. I plug yeah. them almost every week on the show when I can think of it. And uh, But let, let's. I'd like you to wind down the show. And, and, and all the new listeners or people that, that don't know you, how do you feel that they can help at this point? Joining organizations, getting educated, just just share a little bit on how it got you here and maybe what you, you can inspire some more people to become a little bit more activists like most of us are. Well, I think if you're just breaking into this uh, or maybe you've only been into it for maybe a year or less or maybe it's your first or second day, I think that one of the things you, that you need to do is you, you're going to need to uh, gather information and you need to have accurate information. Um, secondly, you, you should by all means understand the laws that are in existence now. And you should follow those laws that are ex in existence now. Now, having said that, though, that does not mean that you cannot fight the laws that are in existence now. You most certainly should fight the laws that are in existence now because they are nothing more than unconstitutional garbage. How do you do that? Well, you don't only need to be me. You don't need to be a Second Amendment heavy lifter. I believe we are all Second Amendment heavy lifters. If you write a check for 20 or $50 to an organization yeah. that's fighting for you, then you have just become a Second Amendment heavy, heavy lifter in my book. Bravo. You're, uh, that, that is how I feel. And this is exactly what I think you should do. You don't need to know what I know or be me or be anybody else. Uh, actually, it just, I wouldn't recommend you try to be <laughs> me uh, or anybody else. Be yourself. Uh, donate. Uh, because the organizations out there are fighting for you and you may not see it all the time you may not hear about it all the time but believe me it is happening and if you don't believe it's not happening then sign up for court listener or um pacer mm -hmm. and take a look at the progress of the cases uh, you may not see it on social media and there's a whole wealth of information out there besides what's on social media you can sign up for Court Listener. It's free. You can look up the case. You can see what's going on with the case. You can look at the, the correspondence, the letters that go back and forth, and the amount of litigation that takes place. And all this, this all this costs money and time. So I would I would say donate. And uh, another important thing: pass the information on to other people. Educate other people. Take your knowledge and share it with other people. And that way we become stronger. Um, that, that's pretty much my philosophy and how I think people should uh, go about doing things. Words of wisdom from someone who took it upon himself, woke up one day and said, I want a carry permit. Oh, I can't get one. I'm going to get involved. And look where he's gotten us to this point. It is a truly team effort. New Jersey Firearm Syndicate on Facebook, please. Uh, FPC, Firearms Policy Coalition, support those who support you. Next in our series of heavy lifters, I believe, is John Petrolino. Mark Cheeseman, I can't thank you enough. As the no, thank case you. Per 
Always as the ki- you're welcome. As the case progresses, we're going to have you back on to talk more about this. Keep fighting, my brother. I'm proud to be your friend. Thank you. Be so safe. good to be with you again, Mark. It looks like uh, you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for High Radio. Gun for High Radio is a kind of media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, which is available wherever great books are sold. And if Anthony would have mentioned it this week, you would know it is available at the gun shop, bookshop, gun range known as Gun for Hire, where Anthony frequents from time to time. It truly is a lifesaver. It is one of the best books I've ever read on the subject, written by one of the best authorities I know on the subject. So, what are you waiting for? All right, well, it is Mardi Gras season down here, and the parades are kicking off tomorrow, 75 degrees and sunny today. Uh, We love you guys from the shadows of the New York City skyline and the beautiful Gulf Shores of Alabama. God willing, Jesus tarries and the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week.